There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky, David Blaine blows Vassos' mind with his incredible card tricks. Kate Humble tells us about how simply walking can improve your well-being and Virgin's very own Sir Richard Branson gives us an update on Virgin Galactic and his plans to head off into space himself. Plus loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends, enjoy. He's been entombed in a see-through box for 44 days, stood on top of a 100-foot pillar for 36 hours and held his breath for over seven minutes in a huge tank of water. Or has he? <laughs> Finally bringing his real on magic show to the UK and Ireland from this Wednesday, please welcome the magical, the mind-blowing Mr. David Blaine. Good morning, David. Good morning, mate. When you come up with a new... Would you call them illusions? What would you, what, how would you describe it's, it? It's some is real, some is magic, so I, I kind of mix it all up. Okay, so when you come up with a new... Oh, what, you don't want to call it an act. You want a new event, a new... What would you call it? I don't want to call it illusion. Yeah, I don't know. What do we call it? I don't know. Tricks. A, a new thing. A new thing. Let's call it a new or thing. Or if it's, it's... Some are like endurance, and then some are like card tricks. Some are, you know... Th- All right. That's basically what it is. Does, how does that start? Because, you know, you talk to writers, and you talk to, to musicians, and you say, well, I you know I write in my garage. Where, where, does, uh, where, does, where is the seed of a well, brand... Can I- can I try something with, with him? Can well, I this is Vassos, by the way. This hey, is David. Vassos. How you doing? No, I'll come over to you. Okay. Can just you wanted a pen, this. didn't you? Oh, good. So you have one. Perfect. Here, we'll, we'll start with something simple. Can you... Um... This is so exciting. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, but actually, we'll have both of you do it. So you want to help as well? Yes, please. Okay. This is Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hi, so David. here's the idea. You're shuffling a pack of cards. Yeah, but you can also right, nice shuffle it as well. Gold. Then oh, you... thank you. Yeah, I designed those. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, Lovely. but and it's gold a deck, so they're slippery. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? If you can, can you just behind your back just give it a little mix? Watch, they don't spill because it's the only deck I brought. Okay. Go, just give it a quick mix behind your back, so she doesn't know what's. Rachel, stop sneak yeah. peeking. Come over here. <laughs> and that's good. <laughs> Hang on. Right, here we go. Done. So Perfect. I didn't want to spill them. And now I'm showing you that they are because you didn't examine them. So I'm showing you that the deck is completely mixed. Correct? Yeah. Yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah it's Can up. you take take the Sharpie for a second? And I'll, I'll teach you this as I do it. So um, let's start with the two. Let's start with this. So we start with the... Uh, use the two aces. Uh, you can see the, the two aces. And, and you'll use the pen in a second, but hold your fingers, hold your fingers like this for me. Like I'm, yeah, like, like I'm pinching that. something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ace of spades. Ace of spades. What card is that? Ace, Ace of spades. Yep. Look at it. Make sure it's okay. Ace of spades. Yeah. And Ace I, and of gonna, spades. I'm going to teach you what I do as I do it. And also, also remember this one. Ace of clubs. Yes. So okay. watch this little move. See how I do that little switch? Hold it tight. Yeah. Good. Now I have the spade. Yeah, you do. Without looking, without looking, what would you bet on? But without looking... I'd bet on the would, clubs. I don't think you switch them. Would you be impressed if that was a club that was a spade? Um, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Without looking at them. By the way, everybody has favorite numbers for ex up to 10. For example, say a number up to 10. Say, say a number Seven. up to 10. Say a number up to Four. 10. Okay, and just stop me as I go. Like, stop. Me. Stop. On yourself. Yeah. Yes? Is okay? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. What was your number? Seven. It was seven? Yeah. So when I was doing this, did you see what I did there? No, you didn't do anything here. Oh, I did. <laughs> Show him the two cards. <laughs> they're both red sevens. Both sevens. I, I oh, saw we've, we've, and I was looking. We've been and blamed. I felt we've been blamed. Nothing we? in my been... left hand. That's very that good, David. Nice. That's amazing. And um, first thing you first trick you ever ever did. First trick you ever did. You ever pulled um, off? So I was five years old and I grew up. Uh, the first ten years I was in Brooklyn, New York, with a single mother, and she gave me a deck of of cards that I would carry everywhere. I'd carry it on the subway. I'd carry it to school I would carry but I didn't know what to do with it and because she worked multiple jobs I'd wait for her at the library and a librarian helped walk me through a very simple self-working mathematical trick you know that was in a kid's magic card trick book and when I did it to my mother she freaked out like it was the most amazing yeah. thing she's ever seen and I started realizing that by doing simple magic to her I could get her to react and be happy and oh. even if she had a tough day or because working it would just light her up. So I would I would work on new tricks all the time, and I would just do it to her and her friends, luckily, because I never did it to other kids, because kids are tough. So if you're doing something that's a little outside the box, literally the kids are going to like make you feel funny about it. So it was lucky that I just would only perform to my mother's friends, and then I would start when we would be anywhere, I would just stand up and just do magic to everybody. So around. an appreciative audience uh, got you in the mood uh, for a yeah, huge I believe, career. I believe, no, I, I just believed I could just keep amazing her. So Good that for was you. really... And what's the next epic thing you're working on that you might... You could tell us a little bit about, maybe? Um, I think it's going to be really good. I'm playing with just this new new idea. and uh, But I want to try something, just for the hell of it. Can you just say it? No, you say any card out loud. Any, any card out any loud. Any card, not one that... Jack of hearts. Jack of, and could you say a number up to 20? Say it out loud, up to 20. 14. 14. And I'm not sure if this is right, but can you just remove, just take everything, take the whole deck. <laughs> Watch, they don't spill. Good. Good. Right, and you said jack of hearts. Jack of hearts. And you said 14. <laughs> um, I put the jack of hearts in the 14th position. Can you just count 14? One, One two, two, three, three four. four. I think five, I did. Six, seven, eight, nine, nine did you really? 10, 10, 11, 11 12, <laughs> 13. And this oh, should be. Your, yeah, and it's card, right next to your card. The 13th one was the yeah. card that you and signed. And I put it right Rachel. after your card. The jack of heart. So she signed the card earlier. That's 13. That's yeah. the welcome map for 14. Yeah, let's see if that's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, it is. Oh, see. <laughs> Oh, we, know, we now know how your mum felt all those years ago. I'm coming to every one of your 41 shows. years ago. No, you're not. You've been banned for life. Uh, David, great to meet you. No, um, thanks for having uh, me. DavidBlaine.com is where you need to go. Um, he didn't disappoint, did he? I'm blown away. That's incredible. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Our next guest knows more than most about the joy of putting one foot in front of the other. Her latest book, Thinking on My Feet, out now, delves into the benefits and pleasures of simply walking. Please welcome the world's happiest hiker. It's the wonderful Kate Humble. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Very, very happy. You look very shiny. Very. Don't she look well? Yes, very well. Do. I mean, I, really think, I think we look all right. Vassal looks great. Rachel looks great. I look all right, but... but 
a case out shining as all this. But look at the spark, look at the twinkle in your eye. Is that what walking can do for you, Kate Humble? Of course it is, of course it is. I mean, it is, it is one of those extraordinary things. Um, I mean, you guys know, because you like a little scamper in the morning. Yes. Um, and uh, there is something just wonderful about getting up, getting out of bed, ditching your phone and going for a walk or a run. And when you discover something, and you guys know this all the time, when you discover the joy of running or the joy of walking, mm-hmm. you want to tell people about you do. it. You do. But you also become very receptive to other people's stories and experiences. And what I found when I started going, gosh, this walking thing, I mean, it, it's great. It, it, you know, it, I feel so much better, not just physically, but mentally for it. I feel more able to take on the day yeah. when I've had that little bit of headspace. And then I met some extraordinary people who... You know, in some cases, walking has literally saved their lives. Um, So this wonderful young guy called Sam Doyle, who uh, was a soldier fighting in Afghanistan, came back with PTSD. It's an all too familiar story and just couldn't cope, couldn't cope with life. And he did try and commit suicide three times. And then one morning he said, "Kate, I woke up and I thought, I'm just going to put a rucksack on and I'm going to walk. But he, he said, I'm not quite sure why I did this, but um, a friend, I said to a friend of mine, can you drop me on Blackpool Beach? He said, I was only about two miles away and I was intending to walk around the whole coast of Britain, but I wanted to lift to the beach to start. So um, he set off with this enormous rucksack that was almost as big as himself. And he thought, if I keep the sea on my left-hand side... That's, that's the best bit. I love that line in the book. I won't get lost. Keep you know. the sea on my keep left, the sea I'll be on all my right. Left, I'll be all right. <laughs> and, I think um, that's called gross error in pilot terms. <laughs> But it was, you know, it was extraordinary. And he said on the first day he covered four miles. That was it. And he literally wanted to phone his friend every step and say, just come and get me and buy me a beer. And by the third month, he was taking detours and going, I'm just going to climb that hill because I've just realised how beautiful the world is. Yeah, and you do become addicted to it. You become become addicted addicted to it. it. But for him, as a a way of coping with the huge mental trauma that he had been through, it just helped him find an identity again. It helped him deal with this extraordinary, um, as I say, scrambled mental state. And the lovely thing, which has happened since I wrote the book, because we've stayed in touch, is that while he was walking, he met a dog called Jess, who I also met. <laughs> then he met a girl with a dog. Oh, here and we go. They now have a baby and he has settled in Scotland and has a job so, and life has started again for so him. A bit, bit more than walking at one point, which is, which is fantastic news, <laughs> Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. I met this amazing man in New York uh, the when therapist. I was research- The therapist. I love that chapter Did you like- the therapist. It was- so this it's is my favourite chapter. This is a guy who... Um, uh, moved to New York and uh, he he trained to be a therapist and so he joined you know the other how many ever thousands millions of therapists working in New York and um, he often um, would have clients one in particular that would never make their appointment they worked in the financial sector they were incredibly busy they were incredibly stressed we can't get to the office you know and this guy particular guy that he was talking to was in a really bad state. And um, and he thought, you know, I, I actually really need to help him. But if he can't get to my office, I don't quite know how to do this. Yeah. And it was his wife who said, well, why don't you go to his office? He said, well, I can't do that. You know, the whole point is to remove him from the atmosphere that's making him so stressed and anxious. And she said, well, 
just take him for a walk. And she went, he went, I can't, I can't do that. Freud used to see his patients walking around the streets of Vienna. So he thought, well, I'll, maybe I'll suggest it to this guy who's like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, yeah. So they walked around Battery Park and he said within 20 minutes, and he'd been working with this guy for several months and not getting through at all. Within 20 minutes, his whole body language had changed. Brilliant. He suddenly felt much more receptive. And he said, what's wonderful about walking and having a conversation is that it's very unconfrontational. You don't worry about eye contact. Mm. And he said, you know, in New York and indeed anyone working in a city, you know, you live in a little box, you travel to work in a box, you then work in a <laughs> we box. We boxed ourselves. We boxed ourselves How in. stupid are we? I know. So getting them out, at literally you know kind of freed his his mind freed his emotions allowed him actually to start understanding what it was that was making him feel so unhappy and address it and deal with it and and now this particular therapist fantastic name don't you think only in america it's called clay cockrell Love it. um but uh yeah this particular therapist now says to all his clients if you want to walk around central park that's what we'll do all right so he says of that guy uh, when we first started walking uh, he's anxious fist in his pocket really hunched over very nervous lots of fast talking and fast walking but after about half an hour he's relaxed his fists his postures improved his gait has slowed he's physically more relaxed and when you change the way you behave you begin to change the way you think boom Thank you, Kate. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Our next guest left school at the age of 16 with the fanciful idea of starting his own business. You could say it's gone pretty well <laughs> since then. From the vast oceans of Earth to the boundless realm of outer space, nothing is off limits. Please welcome the one and only Richard Branson. Good morning, Richard. Good to see you again, Chris. <laughs> Here we go again. Take two. Rich, how's it for you so far? Um, well, just well, well done. I mean, it's just, um, uh, yeah, couldn't have gone better. OK, and, uh, um, we're not in space here. We're, we're close because we're on the 17th floor. You, of course, are about to go into space. Uh, bring us up to date with what's going on with that project. Well, um, it, it's going really well. We've had two successful flights into space early on in the year. We're now moving the whole operation to New Mexico, um, where we do a couple more flight, uh, test flights. And then I hope to go up, and um, and and then we've got quite a long list of people who'd love to go up. So we'll 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 um, start the whole program. And you're selling tickets for the circus right now, aren't you? Uh, we're selling tickets, um, and um, uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's not cheap. It costs about three hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> um, but um, but people have actually booked places. Yeah, people we've have... had we've had eight hundred people who booked up to date. Okay, and uh, how, how how many? You know, what's the future business? What's the business plan for this? Let, let's imagine you're opening, a, you know, a, a corner shop or whatever. Let, let's put it back to basics. <laughs> business plan. Uh, is, is it a commercial? Uh, is it seriously commercial? Is it a headline grabbing thing? Is it something you've always wanted to do since you're a little boy? A, bit, a mixture of all those things. Uh, ex exactly. Um, I mean, I've always wanted to, to go to space, um, uh, but I also believe that there are. You know, millions of people who are watching this show or listening to this show who would also like to go to space. So, if we can get enough demand, enough spaceships, we can then bring the price down and, and down so that more and more people will have a chance. Do you to have go. a break-even point in the future? Um, I mean, what I mean, what I would love to see one day is sort of thirty spaceships and be be able to charge 
closer to sort of twenty five, thirty thousand dollars rather than three hundred thousand. And it's an experience, you know. That, that's what it is. We're ticking a box. It's like a balloon flight or something. You it, know, it, super I mean, you be, you become an astronaut. Um, you you have the experience of a lifetime. You're traveling naught um, to three and a half thousand miles an hour in seven seconds. So it's uh, you know it's 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 certainly going to be. Uh, the one thing in anybody's life that they're going to remember above everything else, I think. And the experience itself, I mean, do you get there the night before? Or are you briefed? Is it a three-day stay? Or you, can you go for just a day? Uh, you know, what um, happens beforehand? Etc. Yeah, so the, so the idea is to have a sort of three-day experience. So we, we, we actually will have um, virgin balloons out there. Um, you know, we want to entertain the, the relatives, the friends, as well as the actual person who's going into space. Um, and um, so we've got sim, you know, simulators. We've got all, all sorts of things that are going on to make sure they have a great experience. Now you are going to launch uh, Virgin Cruises soon, and I, I said, what, have you, do, do you have any ships? And everybody sort of scoffed because you can lease them, but you can buy them. So have you bought your ships for Virgin Cruises, or are you leasing? What's what's the deal here? Um, we've bought them because I mean I've never been on a cruise ship. I've never been interested in going on a cruise ship, but I thought if we could create the kind of um, cru cruise line that I would like to go on and my friends would like to go on, um, very virgin, um, that, it would, that, that it could be very successful. So we've built the ships from scratch in Italy. Um, they're, uh, they're, they're beautiful. Um, you what, know, could, what capacity are we talking about? Uh, 3,000 people. Right. Um, and um, so it's not the, the monster, monster one, but it's still you know, a decent size. And we've got rid of all the nasties like buffets you know we've got i think 35 rest different restaurants on board and um you know a great um uh great disco and um, dance areas and rock star suites and you know with with tables that the rock stars can dance on or or whoever it is that rents them can dance on with the, even with the staircase going up to their table um so it, it should be fun okay now when does that launch um I'm going on the first one in November, um, but okay, the, the where, actual, where, where, the, where do you want yeah, me to meet you? It's it's actually. Where do we go? What, what time do you want us there? <laughs> the, um, you're, I'm not, you're, I'm not we're, joking. We're, we'd love to have you there. Then every time we're on a, on a radio station, we end up. We do a deal. <laughs> Come on, we're going to do, do a deal. deal. All right, you're going to you'll be you'll be on the first five days of okay. um, uh, of uh, the Virgin Cruises, and you can broadcast from there. Can we bring some listeners? Hmm? Can we bring some listeners? Of course. How many? Hundred? Oh, uh, come on, hundred! Um, I, I don't see why not. hundred, fifty couples. <laughs> Can we do fifty couples? Fifty couples. All right, we'll try to do fifty couples. Oh, well, yes or no? So yes or no question. We do twenty-five if you want. Yeah, all right. We'll we'll um, we'll do at least twenty-five, most likely fifty couples. No, let's just do twenty-five. <laughs> if you, if you, I don't want to make you right, feel uncomfortable. Twenty-five, twenty-five couples. Twenty-five couples plus us lot. And Scott behind his family. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're couple here and all. And we go to Havana. Okay, so we got this is a done deal. So November for the first. Well, ever... uh, sorry, the, uh, it's a test ship in November, just off Britain, and then the actual thing starts in March. So okay, it'll be so March. March. Will yeah. you be on the first one? Come well, on, I'm, we I, want you, Captain Branson, yeah, has to be there. Otherwise, they, we're not coming. They, I, I've I've got a big birthday next year in July, and I I was I'm definitely going on that. But maybe I'll come on the first one if you're if you're just there. Just come and I'll, say I'll hello. Come and say hello. Okay, that's done right. deal. Richard, it's lovely to see you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So that's three guests down and still loads to come. Still to come. Sleep expert Professor Matthew Walker tries to improve the entire breakfast team's sleeping habits. We had so many questions for him. Anita Rani is here on a plastic crusade. And McFly's freshly solo Danny Jones tells us about his new music and the voice kids. All that and more. But first, Dapper Dave. Who's next? Our next guest has sold over 10 million records worldwide, had seven number one singles, won a Brit Award, and to top it all off, he's really good at football. With Series 3 of The Voice Kids starting tomorrow night at 8pm on ITV and his new solo single, Muddy Waters, out today, please welcome the really rather busy Danny Joe. Good morning, Danny! Good morning! How are you? I'm all right, how are you? Very well. First of all, <laughs> let's talk about you and a solo solo material. I've got a Danny Jones song to I know, play. what's that about, I've, mate? I've had many songs involving you to play on the radio before but I've never had just Danny Jones and Muddy Waters I know, to play it's my, do you know how, how this come about it's crazy I, I don't really like what solo carries like it's like when you're in a band you're like oh you've gone solo and you've quit the band yeah. and all that this is literally this came about really organically you know we we did the whole McBussy thing for two years then we McFly did a tour and then we kind of was like look where do we stand and, and we took a kind of break we, we, you know in first in 15-16 years we were like let's just take a couple of months off and then that turned into half a year and then a year and I was like okay I'll just go and write some songs for other people like I did, you know, getting a cut with the 1D boys and stuff. I was like, this is great fun. I'll go and do that. Started writing these songs. I was like, whoa, some subjects here that I've not dealt with like in my life. And having a son, I was like, I need to kind of deal with this and get it off my chest. And when I started writing this EP, I was I was going through my own therapy. And, you know, in McFly, we write, you know, we, we, we get someone's experience and we, we right, extend so reality. For them, yeah. Yeah, and it's like... And I love that about McFly. You know, you come and it's escapism and you have a great time. But I just, when I wrote these songs, like these are too personal to me and I just need to get them out. And there's no point, like nowadays, it's so great to just be able to release and and it, instead of it sitting on a shelf and going stale, I was like, let's get it out and well, good for, for the fans, yeah. All right, so The Voice uh, Kids is back tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, uh, two uh, two of the judges from last season and a brand new judge. Yeah, we got Jesse J this time, which is mental. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I, I presumed it might be. Yeah, it's um, amazing. She's brought, like, such a great energy to the show. I was scared. I was like... yeah. You should be. Don't mess up. Like, you know, me and Pixie and Will, we've got a good thing going on, so you, you know. you got Pixie lot, Will I am, and now just Jessie J. Yeah, okay. and she's absolutely brilliant, you know. She's no shrinking violet, is she? No, and I've stopped kind of singing around her. Because <laughs> she is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about it. Me and Will are just like, you know, vibe on the sides. singing around her. <laughs> and what do you do for a living, Danny? I'm a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just stick to guitar. She's that good, is she? Blimey. No, blimey. she's amazing. Like, um, it's, it's brilliant. Um, the way the kind of dynamics work you always get nervous about adding some you know someone in that you know you don't want to mess up the dynamics of us three but she's just slotted in amazingly well and she's great and she loves the show just as much as we do you know and and what i love about it is we all we've all got over 15 we've got loads of years of experience that is so nice i didn't know how impactful my just my story was like it's gone so quick 15 16 years and i can't believe it's been that long for you i know i know it is because i remember that night out with your mum and liam gallagher <laughs> Danny, Danny, it was McFly, Danny's mum, and Liam Gallagher. <laughs> and he's like, what's this about? Oh, no, we'll go with it. We've we'll, we'll, we'll been a strange place. It's just... Yeah, Johnny Vegas pitched up for a bit of a giggle. Yeah, it was I think mad. I may have served the drinks for a while. Where was it? 
Belsize Park, where all these kind of things of go course. on, of course. <laughs> NW3. It was at the Sir Richard Steel, if you really want to know. Uh, <laughs> I did ask. I always tell that story. I'm like, yeah, Chris Evans took me out for my 18th birthday. That was awesome. It was a bit of a riot, wasn't it? 50, so you're 30 odd now, then? 33, yeah. See? It just goes so quick. You know, some of these kids 30, that come on Danny the show. Danny Jones like, is 33. That might be it. We might just have to pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> 33. Danny, you can't be 33. Yeah, I know I don't look it. No, you really don't look it. You don't look it. 23, Danny. Yeah, 23. All right, so we're going to play your new song. Oh, amazing. Muddy Waters, Danny Jones. Here we go. Um, So I produced this in my. I built a garden studio, right? And I I got into production a few years, like. That if you, I did I did production actually at college and I left and got into the band then stopped because sometimes you just need to be in a band to stop the production thing you know what I mean right so you get a bit you get a bit caught up in the production but doing this I was like I couldn't articulate what I what I'm, I the sound was so I was like how how can I do it I'll just do it myself so I built a studio in my garden I did all this in in in, in my garden did studio. you actually build a studio yourself I did, did no you? not physically okay yeah I see I because um, I, I could see you doing that. What I did do though is I treated the cedar wood on the side, oh, so I kind of so. did it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you had a go. You can't, you can't, you weren't. You, 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 you arrived back. You arrived back in the kitchen smelling of industry. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Muddy waters. Danny Jones. Haven't heard it. Can't wait. Uh, we're all in this together. Stuck in the mud. Big sound for a garden shed. I know. It's um. I was just saying, it took me nearly like you know a year and a half to find the sound. Writing the songs was easy, but I was like, what do I sound like? What does that sound like? That's fantastic. How do you get that to sound so so Um, substantial? It's kind of. Do you know what? It was such. It was. This is this is the secret. It was it was a hot day and there's no aircon in the studio, right? And there was just fans blowing, and I think it gives it that. Like tape hiss. There's <laughs> loads of fun. You know, it's like, how big's the shed? What do the neighbours think? Uh, the neighbours are cool. Um, it, I'm kind of lucky. Is it that loud or is it through your headphones? Um, uh, no, I have mass, way too big speakers right, for okay. the room. But I'm on the flight path, so sometimes it's that, you know, that bit in uh, on the river, it's just like, whoa, yeah, there's a plane. So it's, it's kind of loud around there anyway, so it's kind of cool. Do you do the loud bits when the planes are? Overflying you so that um, neighbours can't hear it. So no, much. It's, do you know what? The, the walls are so thick; it's brilliant. Of the honestly. shed, yeah. This is some. Are you sure it's not a nuclear bunker? No, I, it's, it's a bit more than a shed. I, I've kind Did of you have it soundproofed. It's, 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 it's pretty soundproofed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a studio. It's a basic well, studio. Very well done. That is a great effort. Well Thank done, mate. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. And Thanks for playing it. Is it similar? The rest of it's similar. Um, so the, the well, the, yeah, guitar. The, the the main thing is guitar, obviously, and then I've just oh, surrounded I'm, it by because some of the subjects were kind of like. Um, and could have been negative, so I've, I've tried to mask it with like energy and something that someone could sing along with, rather than keeping it all down. So okay, yeah. uh, now I genuinely liked it. Okay, did do you genuinely like it, or are you just saying yes because you're on the radio? And anthem, Danny's... anthem. Okay, that's not a yes or a no. That's a massive yes. Oh, that's a yes. Anthem. Okay, okay. Did you genuinely like it? Equally large, yes. I loved it. Out Danny. of ten, Thank out you of so ten. Oh, ten out of ten. Ten oh, out of ten. 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 So I've got a solid nine. I'm, I'm going 10. I, was, I, I really go, enjoyed it. I would go solid nine just so I don't like it sound like a kiss ass. 
<laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Sprinting up to the top floor now is a boot camp boss and hit hero. After the amazing success of his Veggie Lean in 15 books earlier this year, he's now giving us free downloadable recipes in his Veggie Barbecue ebook. Suck those guts in, everybody. It's the Chisel <laughs> Chap Joe Wicks. All right. Good morning, Good morning Joe. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, uh, what's the bromance between you and Danny here? I can't get enough of him at the moment. We, we, uh, we, we're playing Soccer Aid next week, next Sunday yes. at, uh, at Stamford Bridge, and we did a training camp, didn't we? Went and did a match over in Essex with Mark Wright and a few of his boys. Joe is the man. Joe is it. Joe Weeks is it. Okay, when it comes to virtual, um, the virtual way forward, he is everything. So, your new veggie book, uh, Veggie Barbecuing, is an e-book. Yeah, it's an I- e-book. So, I've done, obviously, the Veggie Lean in 15 book came out at the start of the year, which has been really great, really well received, because so many people now are just thinking about it and being more conscious, and not necessarily going full, like, hardcore, um, but just trying out more veggie stuff. And I was getting a lot of people saying this summer, got any recipes for the barbecue so I've got a little free ebook it's a 10 recipe ebook um, you can get it on Kindle or, or Apple Books and it's just like because people are just bored of having like vegetable skewers right they want to have nice recipes so I've got a really lovely um charred tomato and chipotle halloumi tacos sounds lush and a soy glazed mushroom burger with guacamole so nice things that can get you know more veggie stuff on the barbecue to bring it together and, you know, we'll enjoy it together. And I love the fact you chuck content out like there's no tomorrow. I mean, everybody else, whilst everybody else is thinking about it, you just churn it out. You say, OK, let's do it. Let's do it. How, I mean, how quickly? What's the quickest time you've ever turned something substantial around in from, from having the idea to, to getting it out there as a fully formed product? I suppose this is this is pretty quick. I mean, the hardest thing is just getting the photography, you know, because they're really they're really well shot. Like you have a food stylist. I could never make food look this pretty. So that's the t- the toughest thing. But I suppose the biggest thing I've just done is I've just been on this tour of UK. Have you heard about this tour I did no, with the schools? Me, tell me. So I, I did a, a UK hit tour, a schools tour, visiting seventeen schools in five days. Right. Because I was going to make a TV show, but they they didn't have the funding. So I said, right, I'm doing it anyway. So I completely self funded it. Um, we we went to seventeen schools in five days. We trained with like fourteen thousand kids, and I ran into the school, did a workout interviewed a few teachers <laughs> jumped in the car we had a mini we drove all the way from Scotland to the south coast four blokes in a mini with camera kit like all on our laps it was a bit of a we didn't plan that very well but you know that that's kind of my but way you just, of just did it you just did it yeah yes. we did it and it was incredible and I loved it and then we just went actually to Ireland and Northern Ireland we just done the same thing like last week so it was amazing it's, it's the most powerful thing that I'm doing that has the most impact on kids and getting them thinking about exercise so that that is my mission now is to get kids active well. <laughs> Soccer aid is usually played at Old Trafford, but they've moved to Stamford Bridge. That's good, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, it used to be every two years. You've done it a couple of times. I did it last year at Old Trafford. It was amazing, like 80,000, 90,000 people. But this time they wanted to bring it to London. So Stamford Bridge, Sunday the 16th of June, and they got some legends. And they got John oh, Terry, Drogba's playing, Joe Cole. Um, they got um, Roberto Carlos in the other team, they? which is a bit, a bit dangerous. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? they've got some... Um... They've got some. What's um, it like when you are on the field with those absolute legends who who are just a, a, a sort of sniff away from being at the peak of their game? Mate, I remember right um, kicking off at Old Trafford, and I look to the right, and you get this like nervous kind of like it's like playing like one of the biggest gigs of your life. You look down the line and you see Yap Stam staring at you, <laughs> and I remember smiling, and and my lips got stuck on my teeth because I was like, you know, like, that that <laughs> so dry mouth. Yeah. Was he on your team? No, he was against. That against. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yap yeah. Stam I mean. again. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't really. He wouldn't get too serious with you guys, would he? In a game, no, like, it was like they're, they're very wall. competitive. I mean, I, I played against um, Eric Cantona and and like all the who else? Robbie Keane. Like they're they're going for it. They want to win. They're very competitive. So <laughs> Eric and even and Robbie Keane. even the manager, yeah, you know Sam Allardyce and Harry Redknapp were managing. They they put out a good team. I only got 15 minutes. So I got I was like the token sub at the end, but I scored a penalty. So I, I scored a penalty and we won the game. But um, so are you going to be in the starting line at this time? I'm hoping right? this year because I've I know I know the team a bit more. Maybe I will get up. 
No one gets full 90 minutes unless I think Mark Wright and some of them boys, Ollie Merz sometimes does, but I reckon I'll get half an hour, 45 minutes. Mark Wright going. usually excels, doesn't he? Um, He's very else, good. Who else is really good? There's Mark Wright and um, what's da- Damien... Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis, Lewis. Yeah. he's yeah, usually he's quite decent, good, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's getting on now. Sheps is good as well. Ben Shepherd is decent. Yeah, they can all play. Um, <clears throat> they're all good. Yeah. Who are you, who's your manager this year? So we've got so we've got Sam Allardyce and Susanna Reid, and the other team we've got Harry Redknapp and um, Piers Morgan. What football, Susanna Reid? Yeah, yeah, they're they're basically like <laughs> they're bringing them in. Yeah, they're going to be supporting the managers. I once played Piers Morgan at tennis, and he absolutely whooped me, and I was devastated for about a year afterwards because <laughs> he was quite lardy at the time. I once played a celebrity rugby match up against Serge Betson, and you're right they don't have an off switch no no they go for it don't they gosh you don't want to be tackled oh my god you do not want to be rugby you just don't want the ball do you by a rugby player trust me every pass is a hospital pass and they had 12 they had 12 international rugby players and three idiots like me on the team (laughs) right (laughs) news rounds BBC news rounds Rachel Horn you must have had some kind of involvement in a celebrity I have not played a celebrity sports match well we're going to have to change that (laughs) Uh, back in the 90s of course um, we used to have we used to have the five side tournaments against all the bands of the day so you would get a race against Blur on the five-a-side pitch as oh, well. Who won that? <laughs> Take a while, I guess. Uh, um, <laughs> not the posh boys. All <laughs> uh, right. Um, but still, you have something to say about sport? Oh, so, um, yeah, uh, I played in game for Grenfell. Was it two years ago now? Oh, I played um, in that. Which was, uh, yeah, so... Um, which was the most exhausting 35 minutes of my life. Um, <laughs> I was playing left-back and then got Clint Hill in the middle just barking, push-up, push-back, and just... <laughs> Highlight was playing a, a nice little dink pass to Paul Merson. Low point was getting skinned by uh, James Bay down the wing. So, you know. Oh, also, what, he's good, yeah. What happened with the, like, on, on telly, there was a shot of you and then they... Were... Oh, yeah, I ended up um, going in goal for the penalty shootout at the end. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, didn't save Mourinho's penalty. I did save a firefighter's penalty, which Hang probably on, I should have let go. you faced a Jose Mourinho penalty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, annoying because uh, I was m- like mucking around. I jumped forward, then went down. If I'd gone straight down, I would have stopped it. Everyone so. in the stadium was rooting for Woody at this yeah. point. You of course they were. It was like, come on, mate. And Only time I've lost this Okay, you may think it's a talk sport, but no, this is Virgin Radio <laughs> <laughs> right here, right now. The home of rock and roll. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest is keen to get you off to sleep, but ideally not until after his interview. He's helped Premier League football teams, NFL superstars, and NBA players alike. Please welcome the author of Why We Sleep, a book that simply terrifies anyone working on a breakfast show. It's the king of <laughs> counting sheep, Professor Matthew Walker. Morning, Matthew. Good morning, good morning. We we are requesting, aren't we, Rachel, aren't we, Vass? We are requesting a follow-up to this um, uh, for breakfast show mm. uh, hosts yeah. and staff and production teams um, who get up and say, why we don't sleep. <laughs> yeah? Or how about um, how we sleep or how we can get sleep how despite get working sleep. on a breakfast right. show. I will write that bespoke book exceptionally well for the two of you okay sleep is for free and so uh, the thing you can do that will benefit your health most of all more than anything else is sleep and that is for free so why aren't we doing it more tell us more about that particular thing first of all Matthew Walker so I think you're right. You know, sleep, we used to think of it as the third pillar of good health alongside diet and exercise. Um, I think we've been forced to revise our belief on that one. It's not the third pillar of good health. It's the foundation on which those two other things sit. And I'll sort of say that for two reasons. Firstly, if you go for 24 hours without exercise or without food or without sleep, the physiological and mental impairment that you suffer by way of a lack of sleep versus the other two is far, far worse And secondly, a good example would be if you're dieting, but you're not getting sufficient sleep, 70% of all of the weight that you lose will come from muscle mass and not fat. 
because when you are underslept, your body becomes stingy in giving up its fat. So you maintain everything you want to lose and you lose everything you want to hold on to when it comes to dieting. So sleep is king when you think about those three things. All right. So you, you give yourself this 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 window of sleep and it's non-negotiable and you go to bed at a certain time every night. What time do you go to bed? I'm usually a sort of a 10 to 6.30 kind of guy. Okay. So I go to bed at half eight and I try and get up at half four. So that's my eight hour window from what you told me and yep. from your book. That's what I do. So last night... Um, we were watching the last episode of Chernobyl, uh, so we could talk about it on the program today, and it got to five past nine, and I literally started to panic, which is a good thing, isn't it? Because it means I'm taking it very seriously, my sleep window. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that sleep awareness, because in some ways, sleep has an image problem, yep. that we stigmatize people who get sufficient sleep, and I use that word carefully, sufficient, as being lazy or slothful. Mm -hmm. So we've sort of got this almost sleep machismo attitude in society that we need to abandon. Um, and we don't always have that, of course, because none of us would look at an infant sleeping during the day and say, well, psh, yeah, what a what slacker. A, yeah, what a lazy baby, <laughs> you know, and, and we laugh, but we know that sleep at that time of life is non-negotiable. It's yeah. absolutely essential. Yeah. But somewhere between even infancy and childhood, if you look at the data, we abandon the well, notion that sleep is critical. our brains try to talk us out of it, don't they? Right. And society does too. It a pushes brain terrible again. pressure. Yeah. Okay. Top three tips. Off you go. So firstly would be regularity. Go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time, no matter whether it's the weekday or the weekend. Mm -hmm. Regularity is king because it will anchor your sleep and improve the quantity and the quality of that sleep. The second is probably darkness. Um, we are a dark deprived society in this modern era and we need darkness at night to release a hormone called melatonin, which helps time your healthy onset of sleep. So try to avoid your um, laptops and your screens about an hour before bed, but also dim down half of the lights in the house in the last hour before bed. You'd be surprised at how soporific and sleepy that will make you. Um, and then the final thing is alcohol. It's probably the most misunderstood sleep aid, as it were. It is anything but. Alcohol is a sedative, and people mistake sedation for sleep when they drink in the evening. So avoid the nightcap, because alcohol will also fragment your sleep. You will wake up many more times throughout the night, and it will litter your sleep with awakenings. And the final bad part about alcohol is that it blocks your dream sleep. So you don't get as much of that rapid eye movement sleep as you would otherwise. So those would be the top tips. Regularity, uh, darkness, and avoid the nightcap. Is anybody else like me just hearing one of those really loudly? <laughs> <laughs> well, the politically incorrect advice that I would never give on a, such a, um, a wide audience radio station would be go to the pub in the morning and that way yeah! the, al <laughs> the, the alcohol is out your system oh by the evening and then goodness. you wouldn't have the sleep problems. But I would See, never suggest that as a professional. In he brought the San Franciscan <laughs> rainbow with him uh, from Liverpool. Whereabouts in Liverpool were you born? Uh, so I was born um, in Alderhey uh, Hospital uh, were you in Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Story there, I'm guessing. There, there is many. Okay. And uh, so you live in San Francisco. Will we ever get you back or are you, are you done? No. It is a very easy place to arrive and a very difficult place to leave. So I may be stuck there. Well, thank you for leaving temporarily to come talk to us today. I, it's my pleasure. How long are you here for? Uh, I'm here through until the end of the week. All right, pal. I'd love to see you.
thank you so much what, again. What a great person. Thank Amazing. You, so incredibly thank useful. You, the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's the award-winning filmmaker behind the phenomenal documentaries Senna and Amy. He effortlessly tells stories of world-changing talents with lives that unfold in tragedy. His latest film, Diego Maradona, tells the tale of the legendary Argentine number 10 and his helping hand from God. Please welcome Asif Kapadia. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on this amazing film. I saw almost all of it last night. My computer died. I got into work early this morning so I could watch the last 20 minutes. It really is quite gripping. So uh, you, you did Senna. Uh, you did Winehouse. Uh, why did you choose Diego? When did you choose Diego Maradona? Uh, I'm a big football fan. And so I suppose Diego, I was aware of him much more before even making Senna and Amy. So the project kind of started when I was a student I remember reading a book about Diego Maradona thinking what a life wouldn't it be amazing one day to make a film about him that's back in the late 90s and the project kind of went away and it came back eventually and it just felt right after Senna and after Amy and two brilliant people who tragically died young I thought if I was going to do a third film it has to be different and the idea of what happens when you get old dealing with some of the mistakes you've made in your life or dealing with just the issues and Maradona's story keeps going there's no ending. He just keeps creating chaos wherever he goes. And I guess the question is, how did it happen and why? Well, it's funny you say Maradona creates chaos because you're right, because uh, you, the whole message of your documentary is that it's a story of duality. And it's one that we all experience because it's a, it's who we are versus the story of who we are. And we all have that. It's just that he, he had it and still has it times a million. Yeah, particularly if you get it multiplied by fame and glory and, you know, love. Yeah, in this case, particularly kind of attention from Napoli and Naples and the people of that city and Argentina. So it's having someone who's trying to just deal with life and a gift of playing football, but then multiplied by just everyone wanted a piece of him. And how do you stay sane when that happens to you? And the thing about, well, there's, there's lots of uh, poetry within uh, the film, um, but his journey to Napoli. So he goes to Napoli. Why did he choose Napoli from the, all the football clubs in the world? It's it's an incredibly crazy time. It's the 80s and Diego is this young star from Argentina and who gets bought by Barcelona. Biggest fee ever paid for any footballer. He's the new hero. At the time, Barcelona were not the Barcelona that we know now. They hadn't won the title for 10 years. So he was going to be this new hero that was going to help them win the championship. And it's a disaster. He's there for two years. He gets his ankle broken by Goicochea. He gets hepatitis. He hardly ever plays. He starts going out. He starts partying a bit. They don't like him. They get rid of him. Nobody wants him. He's rock bottom. Diego Maradona, nobody wants the trouble. Nobody thinks, they think it's over. They think his career is not going to be the same. At the time, best league in the world, Italy. Every great player was playing in Italy, mainly in the north. Juve, Milan, Inter, Roma, Verona were a great team at the time. And the only team that come in for him are Napoli. In the south, poor part of Italy, never won anything. And despised. And, and and as you see when you watch the film, you'll see that they really are looked down upon. And it's a lot of racism. You know, this north-south divide is nasty. And he goes to Naples, doesn't really know anything about Napoli at the time. And they pay for him. And they pay even more. So you've got the poorest city in Europe buying the most expensive player in the world. And 1984, Naples is a pretty dangerous place. You know, it's a pretty rough place anyway. Um, amazing people, but it has, you know, an underworld, let's say that. And Diego goes in there, doesn't know where he's really going into, but he does amazing things. He's, he's a great player, but he's also a great team player. Wherever he went, the other players loved him and the fans loved him. So he had this interesting ability to raise the standard of everyone around him. 
Senna won how many awards was it? Come on, don't be shy. I don't know. It won, it won a few. A couple it hundred. Won, won a few um, BAFTAs. Uh, what about Amy? Won an Oscar. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't yeah. know that. I actually yeah. didn't know that. Breaking Clunk. news. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good, uh, that, good that you got that. Where's your, on your piece of paper? Sorry, Steve. It's all right. That's why you asked. Where, where is it? It's, it's on the shelf. It's in, in, Which the, in shelf the office. Where? In the office. We had somebody on last week um, who'd won an Oscar, and he said um, that he put his his Oscar is still in the guest toilet. So mm. he said, "I've seen it." He said, "I want everyone else to see it." <laughs> Uh, yeah that is the one that a lot of people say which is oh i'm not really bothered it's in the loop but you know everyone's gonna see it no i I haven't quite got the nerve of putting it in the loop yet we've got a lot of kids all right so from oscar winning uh producer and director asif uh diego maradona out in cinemas friday 14th of june we've seen it it's brilliant the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky virgin radio every minute of every day the equivalent of one rubbish truck full of plastic is emptied into the world's oceans in her new series war on plastic our next guest looks at how we can solve this debris dilemma. Please welcome the policer of plastic pollution, the ravishing Anita Rani. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, How Chris. are you, Anita? I'm very excited to be here. So, Anita Rani, um, known Anita for ages now. I've worked with Anita on several occasions, always a joy and never a chore. Uh, but um, the noise around, the pre-noise around this new show of yours... I was reading about this three, four weeks ago in the Sunday Supplements. I was looking at pictures and newspapers from your show uh, that still hasn't aired yet. The first episode uh, airs on Monday, um, BBC One at nine o'clock. And people are saying, you have to watch this show. Why? What, what's what's going on? It's good. Program? It's good. It's good. There's a big buzz around it. So everybody has switched on to plastics now. I think the images from Blue Planet Two really shocked the nation. You know, half of the population watched that program. Thirty-four million people Whoa. watched Blue Planet Two. Hopefully, that many will watch my show on Monday night. Um, unlikely, but you never know. Um, so we all know that we're doing huge damage with single-use plastics. So this show, me and Hugh go out there to just look at what can be done with plastics. So Hugh is talking to big business and going to government level and looking at trying to implement change from the top. And I've worked with a street in East Bristol, this mm-hmm. brilliant street that represents any street in Britain, really, to see whether we, ordinary folk, can get rid of single-use plastic from our lives. How can we do it? So we go into people's homes and we count how much plastic they've got in there. We've got a river of plastic that you'll see. I foolishly let the cameras into my own home to look at how much plastic I've got. Turns out we've got a lot. Yeah. I've probably got more than most. And um, and just look at realistic ways of getting rid of it, which is, I think, most people's question now. What can we do about it? We know it's there, but what can we do about All right. it? Anita Shaw, uh, show is called War on Plastic. It's with Hugh Fernley Witching Store and Anita and everybody in the business is raving about this programme. Um, Hopefully it's going to change the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's definitely going to help, isn't it? Want. It's going to. There are certain tipping points and you never know when a tipping point is going to happen. Yeah. You just have to hope that it's sooner rather than later. You know, we get asked a lot, we get asked a lot from a lot of people, you know, when's the right time to do this? When's the right time to do that? And there is no right time to do anything. Just, just do it. Just do it. And then history will say, maybe that was the right time. Yeah, but absolutely. You just get on with it. Just do it. And don't think that you can't make a difference. I mean, that's you what we came across. You can make a difference. Everybody, if everybody does their bits, even if it's the smallest little change that you make in your life, because everyone has busy lives, everyone has to look at their own pocket and see what they can and can't afford, what can you afford to do, what can't... But just whatever you can do will make a difference. Well, but it's all... It's about less... Marie Kondo, yeah. it's not about plastic, it's not about cars, it's not about, it's just about having less. You know, and the less of everything else we have, the more we will discover ourselves to be. So the programme, we take it right up to Christmas. 
Christmas the most hectic, consumer-mad time of the year mm. to see whether our families can reduce the amount of plastic. And some families really went for it, a completely single-use plastic-free Christmas. One, one girl, Anna, she took a day out of her life. I was really inspired by this because, you know, most of us have these crazy busy lives and I'm so frenetic and I'm always, I never have time for myself. She took a day out to make Christmas presents. She had flavoured vodka, made some jams. I thought that's lovely. And just a bit of time for yourself. Very generous, very thoughtful. We can all kind of do little things like that. But if you go back again, again, Anita, keep going back. Always go back. Go If you know, if I get a script and there's something wrong with it, I always go, well, that this bit doesn't work. Why is that? And if you just keep going back, you know, who wrote this? Where did they write it? What are they trying to say? You'll go back and you'll find the source of it. You'll find the seed. It was the wrong seed in the wrong field at the wrong time of the year. And you've got to keep going back. Otherwise, you're literally, you're the little boy sticking his finger in the dike it's okay until his finger gets sore or his mum wants to cause him in for his tea you know and if you keep going back all the time it's about it's about when we when we used to have a pound of potatoes right so i'm a farmer i've got a pound of potatoes and i want some i want some tomatoes from my tomato farming neighbor vassos alexander from greece his his tomatoes are particularly good because really he, he's delicious. greek you greek see tomatoes. my potatoes are pretty good because i've actually been living on jersey uh, for the last uh, half of the 16th century <laughs> i could do you a swap you yeah know. We, well that's what we're going to do we're going to bar it so mm. i'm going to give you some potatoes and you're going to give me i'll give you four tomatoes so actual tomatoes for actual potatoes yeah. okay and then somebody uh, invented the promissory note i.e money now, what is the promise you note written on? Paper. That's the first example of wastage we don't need. Paper money. Okay? And then when buying things was made easier, it was made easier because, first of all, money meant that the potatoes you may have lost losing them was made easier because look it's just money it's not you losing some of your things just money but it was really and they go okay so people have people have caught on to money being the being the hoodwinker here so why don't we replace it with plastic okay the credit card so now you know it's not as painful to hand over your credit card as it's to get 100 quid and see the money that we brought up with that we know because our money was our forefathers potatoes yeah, yeah so course, our, yeah. our money meant more to us than the credit card so then the credit card was given. Then the credit card was done away with and it became virtual. And yeah. it was just a transfer of num- numbers in the ether. So it's all going, and it's, I say, go yeah. back, go yeah, back, yeah, go, yeah, back yeah, go back, yeah, go back, yeah. go back, go back. Yeah. But isn't it ironic that the first thing that made us buy things that we don't need was made of plastic itself, the credit card. We should have known then. Yeah, It's just a big joke. And now you it? just don't even see money now. Now people have it on their phones and their watches and you're just con- constantly buying things. Buying things I we don't I'm, need. I'm trying to do this thing where I'm not buying any new clothes. I've, I've gone three months where I've not bought, and someone who well, works you can't the tell, can, You can't tell, can you? Can I mean, tell, I mean this. <laughs> Would you guess? <laughs> You'd never get it. This this jumpsuit was my dad's. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying. Nobody would have argued with you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. 